Good evening and welcome once again to another episode of the Friday Night Parkdale Special. I'm your host Joyrider coming to you live from the Dollhouse in downtown Toronto with my feline co-hosts Chatty G, Silent J, and Floofmaster Toby. And this is episode 93. If you saw the posts online, you know we're all about Giallo tonight, as are our friends at Prophecy. They too have a podcast called It's Midnight Somewhere, and their most recent episode talked about Giallo. And tonight, they'll be playing some Giallo disco and horror wave. I've been wanting to do a crossover episode for a while, so I suggested I get into the history of Giallo and the development of the music in that genre. While I wasn't planning to go back to concept albums just yet, this week's show has a number of threads that tie back to the sounds that we heard in the episode on concept albums of Space Age Pop two weeks ago. Giallo comes from about the same window of time, where Space Age Pop got its start in the mid to late 50s and had really hit its stride by the early 60s. The early 60s is where Giallo began. Before I go too deep down that rabbit hole, let's back up a second and talk about what Giallo actually is. In the late 1920s, a series of crime mystery novels was published in Italy. They were very pulpy and all had yellow covers. The word giallo actually means yellow. Over time, the word giallo became a shorthand for the entire genre, and in 1933, a movie simply titled Giallo was released. It was a comedy thriller based on one of these kinds of novels, and while that film wasn't entirely a fit for what would later be defined as a giallo film, it was the jumping off point. Over the years, elements of the crime dramas would be combined with more psychological thriller aspects, and the film style would become very experimental. There's some disagreement about what a truly giallo film is, but some tropes are evident across the board. An outsider sees a murder, tries to solve the murder, and then becomes the target of the murderer as a result. Giallo is very much a precursor to the slasher flicks of the late 70s and 80s, with lots of shock, gore, and jarring music. Keep in mind, though, that because of the time period, the music that accompanied these films was a soundtrack in the most classical sense. Typically, there are two or three musical themes that are explored throughout the movie, reprised, and often combined to some kind of resolution by the end. And again, because of the time period, a lot of the instruments that were popular with the space age pop sound would crop up again here. You can expect theremins, women who sound like theremins, an array of strings and electronic instruments, and a whole lot of harpsichord. So, to get you into the spirit of things, I'm going to take you through some of the biggest films by some of the biggest directors, and we're going to listen to how those themes, and ultimately the soundtrack as its own genre, evolved. Our first track for the night is from what's considered to be the first giallo film. It was directed by Mario Bava in 1963, and it's original Italian title translates to The Girl Who Knew Too Much, but it was retitled for American audiences as The Evil Eye. If I'm trying to translate the title of this track, I believe it translates to The Death of Edith and The Night Aggression. Thank you. 
The music for this film, by the way, is by Roberto Nicolosi. And the next track that I'm going to play for you from the girl who knew too much I confess I had to Google translate this one because there were some words that I just couldn't guess at, and I'm glad I did. It's titled, An Unexpected Guest and the Crimes of the Alphabet. next film is also by Bava, and this one is from 1964. It was titled Blood and Black Lace, and this is the title credits track called Atelier.
The music, by the way, for Blood and Black Lace is by Carlo Rusticelli. This next track, I'm going to see if I can not butcher it with a very bad Italian accent, is titled Brutale Aggressione, Brutal Aggression. Now, I must confess, I haven't seen all of the movies that we'll be discussing tonight, so I am looking up the plot lines as we go. And the story with this particular movie, Blood and Black Lace, circles around a dead woman's diary, which threatens to expose the secrets of a small group of people, and apparently the colors of the movie are incredibly vibrant and in competition with, quote-unquote, Inky Shadow. This next track from Blood and Black Lace is called Assassino. track from Blood and Black Lace is called Attacco Notturno. Thank you. 
next film is the directorial debut of Dario Argento, and it came out in 1970. Its title is The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, and it is definitely one of those ones that fits into the trope of the witness to a murder who's on a vacation and ends up investigating the would-be killer and ends up in danger himself. Apparently, it could have gone straight into routine and threadbare, but he manages to keep it interesting and different. The soundtrack is by someone whose name you will no doubt be familiar with if you have ever watched a spaghetti western. It's Ennio Morricone. This, from Bird with a Crystal Plumage, is called Corsa Suteti.
Certainly far cry from Ecstasy of Gold, from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, isn't it? Anil Morricone, I didn't realize he had passed away in July of 2020. I wish I had noticed I would have done a show on him that year, but uh, hadn't gotten to that point with the show yet. Nonetheless, our next track from Bird with a Crystal Plumage is titled... Silenzio nel caos, or silence in the chaos. Crystal Plumage is titled Violenza in a Testa.
Friday the 13th fans in the audience, I cannot help but think of the scene right before the end credits where she's floating in the canoe, everything seems safe and peaceful and beautiful, and then a hand erupts out of the water and pulls her down under. Up next, from a director named Sergio Martino, this is 1971, his directorial debut, The Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward. The plot is essentially that the wife of a diplomat is in Vienna and she is being stalked by her former abusive lover. None of the songs actually have proper titles. They are just named with numbers for the order in which they were played in the movie. This is sequence number 10.
I was just reminded in the chat that the music that was used in that scene in Friday the 13th where she gets pulled under the water at the end, the music is actually a callback to a piece of music that was used much earlier in the film. Speaking of musical themes being revisited and developed throughout the course of the movie. Our next piece from The Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward is Sequence 23. This is definitely one where you can hear that same musical theme being revisited and reworked and reprised. And I really like the way that it's been done. The composer, Nora Orlandi, has a way of making it sound fresh so that you don't recognize it right away until it's played through a couple of bars. Up next, sequence 29. pieces in these are so short. It's amazing how many I have for you in this show tonight. Up next, sequence 30. Thank you. 
last piece from The Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward is the last of the sequences. This is sequence 31. I just want to point out that that movie came out a year before The Godfather. So that revisiting of auditory themes was already a precedent by the time The Godfather theme came out. And as a matter of fact, The Godfather is part of a sibling genre. I, I guess you could call it a spaghetti thriller or crime drama. Our next movie that we'll be looking at is <laughs> the incredibly longly titled Your Vice is a Locked Room and Only I Have the Key, another Sergio Martino film. This one came out in 1972 and the soundtrack was done by Bruno Nicolai, who was another big name in the music of Giallo. This is also a movie soundtrack that uses sequence numbers instead of song titles. So, up first, sequence one.
Now, because time is limited, I'm not diving into all of the major films that have come out during this particular period, but 1971 was an incredibly prolific year for Giallo. In addition to the ones I already mentioned, there were The Forbidden Photos of a Woman Above Suspicion, which was directed by Ercoli, Bay of Blood by Bava, Lizard in a Woman's Skin, directed by Fulci, Short Night of Glass Dolls, directed by Lado, Cat of Nine Tails, which was one of Argento's first, it was actually his second, then The Black Belly of the Tarantula by Cavara, then Death Walks on High Heels, which was another by Ercoli. So, the description of how this movie plays out is really funny. I, I found a lot of excellent source material from this article on IndieWire, and uh, the author describes it thusly. This brilliantly titled film follows a washed-up alcoholic writer and his long-suffering wife as they molder away in degenerate unhappiness in the decrepit mansion once owned by his mother. The deceased matron's portrait and her gown still linger, and her cat, a bread-loaf-sized voyeur in black fur named Satan, stalks the halls as paranoia and long-simmering resentments come to the fore. Our next piece from your vice is a locked room and only I have the key. This is sequence number four. chuckling about the bread loaf named Satan. Up next from Your Vice is a Locked Room, this is Sequence 10.
last track from Your Vice is a Locked Room. This is sequence number 12. From that same excellent article on IndieWire by Russ Fisher, the description of our next film, All the Colors of the Dark, reads thusly, When therapy doesn't work, try Satanism. This is another of Sergio Martino's films, and it is a goodie. Our first track from it is called Magico Incontro. Thank you. 
So not only are we looking at two Martino films in a row, we're also listening to two Bruno Nicolai soundtracks in a row. This next track is called Insidia, and I'm very glad that I looked up the translation because I would have guessed that it meant insidious, but actually, no, it means pitfall. next track from All the Colors of the Dark is entitled Hypnosi, which I correctly guessed means hypnosis.
next track from All the Colors of the Dark by Bruno Nicolai is entitled Saba, which is another one that was fairly easy to guess the meaning of. This is Sabbath.
want to make note of the fact that the definition doesn't typically embrace the supernatural, which is why Suspiria isn't considered strictly a, a giallo film. And really, in that definition, neither should all the colors of dark. However, with Anton LaVey's Satanic Bible having been published in 1969, it's easy to see how the creep could have happened. And with that being said, our last track from All the Colors of the Dark, this is the track Medium.
Our next film is called Death Descends Lightly, in Italian, La Morte Sende Leggera, and the plotline of it was essentially that a man found his wife brutally murdered, and his lawyer suggests he go into hiding in an abandoned hotel, and then weird stuff happens. This is another soundtrack where the songs don't have titles, they have sequence numbers, and the composer of the soundtrack Lalo Gori. He typically did spaghetti westerns, a lot of which poked fun at the names of the bigger spaghetti westerns. This was one of his forays into giallo. This is sequence number three from Death Descends Lightly. <laughs> Giori's use of instrumentation is particularly interesting to me because he is one of our oldest composers for the evening, having been born in 1927, and yet he is one of the first to lean heavily on electric guitar. From Death Descends Lightly, this is sequence number seven.
Doesn't that sound like the beginning of War Pigs? Bear in mind that that album came out two years prior, so Gori was no dummy. Up next, this is from Death Descends Lightly, sequence 15. sure if that feedback came through for you, but if it did, that would have been Toby knocking a wire. My apologies. Our last track from Death Descends Lightly, this is Sequence 17. me some grimy muted trumpet. Our next film in America was titled Amok and it was directed by Silvio Armario in 1972 and the soundtrack was by Teo Uselli. Again another with sequence numbers rather than titles. Our first track from it is sequence number three. Thank you. 
I think I need to get a new cable. The translation for the original title, Alla ricesa del piacere, is In Search of Pleasure. This is from Teoselli, sequence 8. track from Amok. This is sequence number 13.
can definitely hear where that two note piano sting that you end up hearing a fair bit in 80s horror came from in that previous track. Our last one from In Search of Pleasure. This is the title sequence, M36.
feel like we've been in 1972 for, ooh, at least 45 minutes, if not more. But now we're finally into 1974. And our next film is The Perfume of the Lady in Black, which was directed by Francesco Barilli. The soundtrack was written by Nicola Pivoani, and our first track is the title track, Il Profumo della Signora Inero. track from El Pufumo de la Signora Nero is Silvia's Nightmare. Thank you. 
previous opening half minute or so is so reminiscent of the musical sting in Halloween. Our last track from The Perfume of the Woman in Black is kind of an odd one in terms of its title because the main actress was actually named Mimsy Farmer, but the main character was named Sylvia, and yet... One of the themes that comes up a number of times throughout the soundtrack is simply called Mimsy, and this is Mimsy number six. next film for the evening is Profondo Rosso, which came out in 1975 and was directed by Dario Argento, who we have heard from already this evening. But it's our first time hearing from the composers of the soundtrack, whose performances come under the name of Goblin. They are actually billed as a prog rock band in other scenarios, but this was one of their first appearances. And our first track from Profondo Rosso, or Deep Red, is the title track.
Inagata Dovita, anyone? From IMDb, this is the quick synopsis. A jazz pianist and a wisecracking journalist are pulled into a complex web of mystery after the former witnesses the brutal murder of a psychic. Our next track from Deep Red, this is Goblin's Death Dies.
Our second last film for the evening is another by Dario Argento entitled Tenebre, which translates to darkness. It came out in 1982, and again, the soundtrack was by Goblin. This is the title track, Tenebre. Thank you. 
Our last film for the night comes to us from the way back of 1985, and it was called Demoni. This from Claudio Simonetti is the title track, Demon. That is so reminiscent of Skinny Puppy Assimilate. Our last track for the night 
comes to us from Demoni and the soundtrack by Claudio Simonetti. This is Cruel Demon. That's our show for tonight. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's always a pleasure to have you share some of your week with me. If you'd like to listen to the companion podcast from It's Midnight Somewhere, they can be found all over the web on all the usual podcasting places, and it's their most recent episode titled Music in the Horror Genre. If you'd like to support the show, go to the FNPS.com. All the social media links are at the top right, including my coffee link and the show's Patreon link. Patrons get access to my scratch pad, as well as early notice of bonus shows and some fun merch. And I was going to announce the patron-only mini-series this week, but work got away from me. But it's going to be a lot of fun, I promise. And you really want to keep an eye out for that. Whether short-term or long-term support, all of it helps me pay for hosting, streaming, new tunes, keep lights on, all of it, to keep the show on the air and fresh. There's also a suggestion box on the site, so if you have show ideas, drop them in there. I look forward to hearing them. As always, be well and stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Ciao!